for our first message today. We have a um, split sermon from Mr. Ken Barton going to transport us back to the 1960s, if you remember, with a, a show called Father Knows Best. Mr. Barton. There you go. Huh? Being a father, I learned how to pick up something and look underneath it in case where I left it wasn't there. And no, I wasn't actually going to bring up Father Knows Best, the show. Child's eye view of dad through the ages. This was from Ann Lander's column, and it was published by the Chicago Tribune on June 21st, 1987, which... All of that pretty well rules out all the young ones that just left, right? <clears throat> anyway, when I was four, my daddy can do anything. Five years old, my daddy knows a whole lot. Six years old, my daddy's smarter than your daddy. Eight years old, my dad doesn't know exactly everything. Ten years old, in the olden days when my dad grew up, things were sure different. 12 years old. Oh, well, naturally, Dad doesn't know anything about that. He's too old to remember his childhood. 14 years old. Don't pay attention to my dad. He's so old-fashioned. <clears throat> 21 years old. Him? My Lord, he's hopelessly out of date. 25 years old. Dad knows a little bit about it, but then he should because he's been around so long. 30 years old. Maybe we should ask Dad what he thinks. After all, he's had a lot of experience. 35 years old. I'm not doing a single thing until I talk to Dad. 40 years old. I wonder how Dad would have handled it. He was so wise and had a world of experience. Fifty years old. <laughs> I'm not supposed to get choked up about it. I'd give anything if Dad were here. So I could talk it over with him. Too bad I didn't appreciate how much you knew then. I could have learned a lot. <clears throat> I'm absolutely certain Jesus never went past four. My daddy can do anything. He still has it, as a matter of fact. I'm also certain it wasn't because he never matured, but rather because he never doubted his father. Never looked to or at anybody else as being better than his father. Never listened to anybody else. <clears throat> you know what? Since we're joint heirs with Jesus, we should be at that stage too with God the Father. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we did that? If we trusted explicitly and... Father God, and had a close personal relationship with him. <clears throat> if you want to turn to the book of James, 
first chapter, we'll start at 5. <clears throat> if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not any man let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Double-minded, by the way, and... Uh, with no doubting. That basically means wavering. You're going to trust in God, trust in God. Don't doubt him. Ask whatsoever from our Father without doubting and receive it. Don't feel alone. Peter had problems with doubt from time to time, right? <clears throat> Matthew 14. Uh, immediately... Jesus, in verse 22 is where we're going to start. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat, go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. When he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was con contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost! They cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. When Peter had come down off the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? What I'm wanting to speak with us about today is trusting and obeying and seeking God's blessings and his favor. If we will do that, just think of how wonderful it would be. We can do that, you know. Matthew 7, verse 7, Jesus tells us, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? What does that mean, do you think? I think it means we need to go to God our Father in heaven, to ask for things that we need on a regular basis. Let's face it. He never runs short. 
the only time there's a shortness is when he's getting fed up with us, wants to get our attention and holds things from us. So we'll come to him. When we go to him, we need to go in faith, believing. What do we need to be believing? God. Simple. For instance, we need to believe that our heart needs to be right with him. He tells us that a lot. He probably means it. If we are not, he can't hear us. Real clear about that. You want to talk to me, you need to come to me in a way that I can understand and hear you. If you're, if you're off on your own in la-la land, I'm not going to hear you. If you're alone, off on your own, not wanting to be right with me, but wanting to be on your own, you're going to be on your own. I won't hear you. I can't hear you because I'm not evil. He cannot stand evil. <clears throat> if my people, my favorite verse, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Think we could use that? I was talking with Art Thursday, and he said, you know, when he lived in Chicago, every morning there'd be in the news a shooting. We've caught up with Chicago. Not a good thing, but we have. We need to search our hearts regularly and strive to be in a right relationship with our Father, seeking to receive His Spirit's guidance. He told us He'd give, him, give, give it to us to guide us, to lead us, give us what we need, bring His Word to mind. In, in Romans chapter 8, start at verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For if you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy. The Spirit himself bears witness, itself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And then, when we come to know, or we come to our Father, we need to know that it will happen. Don't go doubting. In Mark chapter 11, verse 20. <clears throat> Earlier they had gone by this fig tree and Jesus was hungry and so he went to the tree to get him a fig because it looked like it ought to have one and it didn't. So he cursed the tree. So this this little later they're going by it. Now in the morning as they passed by they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. 
That's what you call really stinking dead. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespass. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Why? Because we're not right with God there, are we? So we need to have faith in God our Father. That's what, uh, that what he has said in his word is true. So God tells us what to do. We want to get right with him, how to get right with him. Maybe we ought to try that. Lord knows man, mankind has been trying everything else it could, and it hasn't worked at all. Matthew said it a little differently in, in chapter 21, verse 21. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you, not, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, because I don't think we want, you know, the news to come on and say, you know, an awful lot of fig trees die and we haven't figured that out. <clears throat> but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer believing, you will receive. <clears throat> so far I've spoken about the good things we can receive from God. We need to also believe and not doubt that there are bad things that God can send. Earlier when I referenced Second Chronicles 7, I started with verse 14. The sentence actually starts in verse 13. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people which are called. Okay? So he's saying... If you, if you start going down the wrong road, you'll be able to figure, out when all of it, figure it out. All of a sudden, nothing's going right. Things are going wrong. No rain. There are things God warns us about over and over that can and will happen. And here's that big word, Lawrence. If we don't obey him. If we don't straighten up and return to him. We need to believe him. When he tells us these things, in spite of Satan telling us, oh, no, you don't need to worry about that. Take your time. There's no rush. Just like our earthly fathers, if we did wrong, we'd receive a spanking, right? Or in the vernacular around here, you're going to get a whooping. I started the message focusing on doubt and doubting and the consequences of that. I wanted to speak to us about what doubting has wrought. It has caused us as a nation to be a place where carrying a weapon is probably a good idea. Where even though we make a fair amount of money, 
there's not really enough. We have, we have problems that would never have even been considered two generations ago or less. I mean, there's things. I heard the other day, do you remember how many different, instead of just male and female, there was something like 67 different You know, the LBGQT, whatever, you know, I call it the alphabet weirdos. But that's more than twice the letters we've got. Well, maybe not. Anyway, <clears throat> God told his people, of whom we are a part, that if we obeyed and served him, everything would be wonderful. On the other hand, he warned us, if you don't serve me, if you decide to do things your own way, you, I'm not going to stop you. Because if he stops you, then you, you, you're done. Uh, he warned you if, if you don't, if you don't obey him, if you don't walk in his word, you'll receive curses. But he knew we'd get it wrong. That's why he warned us about it. In Deuteronomy chapter 9, Moses warned the Hebrews. Start in verse 4. Do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out, them being the people in the promised land that were already there, the placeholders. Do not think in your heart after the Lord has cast them out before you saying, because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. Yeah, that's right. I did it. No. It's because the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. Deuteronomy 5, 9, 5. It's not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess the land, but because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drives them out from before you and that he may fulfill the, Lord, the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because God keeps his word. Therefore understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness for you. For you are a stiff-necked people. Remember, do not forget how you provoked the Lord your God to wrath in the wilderness from the day that you departed from the land of Egypt until you came to this place, you've been rebellious against the Lord. Every so often, we should read Deuteronomy. Once a year would be good. In fact, that's probably why God commanded that his people study the Pentateuch every year. <laughs> Once a year, you guys need to read this because you forget. He knows, he knows how, how our minds work or not and how stupid we can be. In the 8th chapter of Deuteronomy, Moses reminds the people of all the wonderful things that God did for them over the 40 years in the wilderness. Then he reminds them that what will happen to the nations they will drive out could happen to them if they don't follow God. And it could happen here. I don't think anybody should ever doubt that God got us here. 
established the United States of America because they started as a God-fearing nation, working to serve him. <clears throat> the main thing to remember is that God, our Father, wants, wants, wants to bless us. Just think of what a difference that it will make if we believe him and act accordingly. Our Abba, our Daddy, wants so very much to give us his blessings and not his curses. Let's let him do that. 